0: Welcome to Tigers SRD, the weekend edition here on motorcybangles.com. I'm a hill Gasel's I'm Chris Brown. And so this is a format that we have come up with. Basically, the show format that you were used to custom of hearing is essentially us doing these segments and what have you, and probably going forty-five to an hour. But this is technically it could probably be hopefully 20, 30 minutes, and we're gonna recap the weekend series and give you a preview for the upcoming series and That's it. There's no segments. I mean, we'll go around the league a little bit. We'll talk about there's been a lot of good opening with opening weekend and baseball. So action packed. I honestly couldn't wait till there's no way for us to wait till Thursday or Friday to record. So this is just kind of a quick snack, if you will. 23 minutes, maybe 45 minutes tops. And we recap quite a bit of baseball action. So a lot to get to as the Tigers lose 9-3 today in a game that was we saw quite a bit of interesting parallels in terms of from an offensive standpoint from a bullpen standpoint and let's start with of course if you go to our patreon by the patreon.com forward slash tigers srd become a patreon member honestly it would go a long way it just supports what we do for the podcast and support what we do for the Tiger Miley report youtube channel and today we posted a video for our patreon subscribers only that will actually eventually come out but it was us breaking down the eric Akil Badu home run a little bit so it's part of our Patreon we do like stuff like that so that's just a little bit of the content we'll give that out there for you so but yeah he hit the home run Chris was a no doubter and I was talking about this on the video but it really definitely energized the crowd today yeah I imagine it must have been awesome down there the uh, it's cool you know he
1: was an awesome story in spring training and, and you go okay well this can't really continue obviously and then first pitch he sees in the big leagues and what's kind of funny about that is just you got you think about all the things that have to go right for that to happen not not only for him to get here but the kind of hitter he is he's very selective he's got uh you'd say he has a small strike zone he doesn't swing at at pitches in a lot of different areas and uh you know uh he threw it right down i'm trying to surveil aaron surveil right he threw it you know Right down the heart of the plate, maybe a little bit low in a way, but it was right, you know, right in his bat path and it was perfect. And he's not a guy who swings a ton at the first pitch, but there you go. And yeah, he really got a hold of it and dropped the bat and soared around the bases. It was pretty awesome. And and to have his family there was very cool. And you just gotta think about what an interesting set of circumstances this is for him and for them. For a kid who's in the low minors, gets hurt. Gets basically loses two years of development. You don't know what's going to happen, and then suddenly he's in the majors, hitting a home run in his first at bat. It's just like a whirlwind.
0: Yeah, and what was great right about the whole atmosphere down there is that the the sellout crowd, and I say that in quotations, which was eight thousand, it felt honestly, you know, where, where I'm sitting at, it is just it doesn't feel like eight thousand people. It's even that it just felt like it was five hundred scattered across the ball, ballpark. I know that's more likely the case, but it was. Walking in all three days, are you're used to some sort of level of traffic and everything, but it was strange. You can park anywhere you want. It doesn't, you know, there's no I guess I I guess I pace myself just walking to the ballpark and getting there. I usually get in there 45 minutes early just to shop, get my notes, get my nachos or pretzel or something like that. Just some snack. And then I sit and kind of like today, Michael from Motor City Bengals came over to me and we talked for a little bit, and he's gonna be He's not too far from me. Marty, also from Motor City Bengals, the fantasy guy was over there and just kind of setting up shop. But it was one of those things where when that home run happened so quick, no one, it just threw everybody off guard. And I think that people are still getting to know who he is. I mean, if, if, for the diehards and for people like us covering the team and, and discussing the team, of course, we know what he's doing every day. But for the fans, some of the, some of the fans were just, you're like, okay, who's this guy? Like, oh, wow. And then they got really pumped. And then they didn't expect it. was funny. Some of them, I don't think, were realistic, too. When he then, he, I think he struck out and then he, I think he, or flat out the yeah, second. That. Yeah. Yeah. And strike yeah. It's, you know, he's not going to, he's not going
1: <laughs> to bat 400 or whatever uh, for the year. But no, it's interesting. And I, I had a friend uh, who asked me if we've ever done a breakdown of what exactly the Rule 5 draft is. And I feel like we have on the show before, but I never, you know, if anybody, Ever wants to hear more about it, and know exactly what's going on there. We'd be glad to break it down. I just feel like, audience might know it, uh, and I want to bore them if they do. But if somebody is curious, let us know. We'll talk about it next show. Um, yeah,
0: I'm. You know what? You know what I want to do is like we do Rule Five breakdown. We use the music they use in like Always Sunny, like that kind of they use for the Harris Poll and the Drew and Mike podcast, like that that yeah. music. I love that. We could do yeah. it with like that would be awesome to use it that way. But the Terms of offense, that was it. It was him, Omar yeah. Marza, and that was it. And the, the Tigers' offense, the the stat line of the weekend. I'll uh, credit to Lee per- um Lee. Uh, I don't want to. I want to make sure get his Twitter handle correct. No. yeah, Lee us, yeah. The no. Tiger Tales blog, which is a fantastic blog that dives deeper in some stats and he does some really good work. <laughs> the stat line of the weekend slash line 0.000 slash Six point one five slash zero point or point zero zero zero. That's a slash line of Robbie Grossman, who continues to walk and still hasn't got a hit this season yet. And right now he is sitting at one stolen base. That stolen base he had was nice earlier, but yeah, eight walks already. And it's just I don't know, Chris. At some point you have to kind of go. Okay, that that's great for leadoff hitters. He's doing exactly. Can't ask for any more than that, and you know he's he hasn't struck out either.
1: No, yeah, he's no walks, no strikeouts, no or eight walks, no strikeouts, no hits. Um, he'll get a hit eventually, I think. He'll probably strike out eventually too, but no, he's done he's done his job. I think. You know what we saw this weekend was kind of. I mean, you never want to put too much into any one series. Obviously, it's great to get a series win against a, a division rival, but you kind of saw what this team might be this year and they, they got three solid outings from their starters. I wouldn't say that uh, any of them were super dominant. I mean, Scoobo had a stretches today that were outstanding. Um, But you know, the, the bullpen has some arms, but the depth gets pretty thin pretty quickly. They, They ran into some issues today and the offense is very, very hit and miss. So they had five hits in, on opening day. I think they ended up with 10, I think in their win on Saturday. And then today just two hits two home runs that was the entirety of the offense I think in three walks and you know they didn't have Cabrera in the lineup today or Jacoby Jones but it's not a terribly deep talented lineup and if guys like Castro and Candelario aren't moving guys around the bases it's it's, they're gonna have trouble scoring runs so you see there's some talent here now it's not you know outstanding all-world talent but there's some talent, but they're gonna to have to rely on their starting pitching a lot of days to not give up any more than two or three runs. And that's that's a tall order for this this rotation.
0: Yeah, and, and School I thought pitched in and out of trouble a little bit. He pitched five one thirds innings. the one error I didn't understand was that throwing error he had over to Castro that I mean he had Ramirez dead to the right, and they they gave the error to School, which I thought was I mean uh, Errol Castro could have ma- should have made that play. I, I don't know that that's one of those ones that you can it, it depend it's subject it's subjective. I thought Castro could have came up with it, but again, I'm a public yeah. analyst so so
1: what what they said in the post game press conference was that he thought that Castro was blinded briefly by the you know the silver ball on the seats and the stands. Uh, sometimes those the reflection of the sun off those messes with people. Um, Scuful said it's bothered him before, and and I think last year they actually, when they were, uh, when there's nobody in the stands, they started covering those up with tape or whatever. Oh yeah, that's right. That does make a lot of sense. Okay, all right. But I would think, I mean, you've shown me that they have the the seats uh, zip tied up, but I guess the the little row number indicator is probably still visible. So yeah, that's, that's correct. Yeah, so that's what they said might have happened there. Although Scuful, you said, yeah, I should have made a better throw, but I think. There may have been just like, hey, I can't see the ball. I didn't actually see that play. I was, you know, out uh, Easter egg hunting with my son.
0: No, it's that bad. was – yeah, that was uh, – he got quite a haul there. You showed the picture in our uh, our chat. That was really cool. But, I mean, that could have gone – I don't know. like I'm i am not going to nitpick that too much, but it was one of those things, too, where even for outside, – outside of that, if we go back to the offense for a second, I mean, Marza is actually – it's a rough opening day. He's actually had a pretty good weekend. All things considered, he also had a nice running catch. I think in the seventh or eighth inning, I thought that was a really nice catch, just showing off his defense a little. I mean, what defense he does have in right field, and I think that he's going to do what exactly what the Tigers need to do, which is twenty home runs, whether they're empty calories or not, is irrelevant. I mean, he's gonna do. They need that power. That home run he had was a no doubter, and he needed they needed to pick up a little bit. Willie Castro who had a walk, which was a really good nice walk, but they couldn't square up Aaron Chevelle, or is it, is it Chevelle? Am I saying that? Is it I, I think
1: it's
0: Yeah,
1: Chevelle, Chevelle.
0: Savel. Yeah, Aaron Telly, Chevelle. Telly Savales. <laughs>
1: who, who loves, loves you, baby? baby? <laughs> uh, uh, but, time, timely references.
0: Yeah, and everybody's like, who the hell is Telly Civalis? Um Chevelle, I thought they had a hard time squaring him up, and they just couldn't. Like, he just, he, all those, he, a lot of lazy pop-ups. And I understand like there's gonna be some people on social media who are mad about Nick Goodrum starting on Saturday. People are gonna be upset about Harold Castro starting today, rightfully so. But or people are already complaining, well, why does Cabrera have cramps? Guys, this is it's 162 games. Yeah. It's the same problem that's had since Jim Leland, since social media has been invented. People are gonna nitpick every little thing. I mean, ironically enough, I just did that with the, the pickoff move, but either way, it's it was again, I thought the way from my vantage point. Either way, I digress. But the lineup stuff, I'm never going to nitpick about what you know. Well, you can nitpick nitpick a little bit about, and Brandon Day pointed this out on bless uh, on from blessyouboys pointing com. Pointed this out on Twitter that the first decision you can make on AJ Hinch was leaving Daniel Norris in the pinch against Jordan Lupo.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there were a couple of people were saying. I Saw Brandon say it, and it was a Ghost Mav or whomever in, in the in the chat that. Uh, Using Norris behind Kubel doesn't make a lot of sense just because they're kind of similar repertoires except Norris is, just doesn't throw as hard and is not quite as good. His stuff isn't. So it it, uh, it doesn't give him a different look. But yeah, it's particularly against Luplo, Luplo, all he does is hit lefties. He does not hit right-handed hitting or pitchers at all. And you would think that Hinch would have known that and, and put somebody in. But I think there's probably a strong element of of Hinch still trying to get to know His players get to know this team now. And he wants, as you said, you know, people complaining about Goodrum and and Castro playing. He wants to play everybody. That's the kind of manager he is. He wants everyone to play a fair amount. You know, obviously he's got starters and and reserves. But he wants everybody to be ready. Nobody to feel like they're not part of the team. And, you know, because you need that for when guys get hurt or they get dinged up a little bit and have to take a couple days off. You want a guy to be ready and, and prepared. So. It's just the, the style of manager is going to be, and it, that's basically how every manager is. It's not you don't uh, you don't see a team full of guys playing 162 games. It just doesn't happen. So I'm not angry about it at all. But yeah, I, the, the pitching, the bullpen usage was a little bit odd, and Norris got rocked, and then Buck Farmer got rocked, and then Tyler Alexander gave up a home run. And, and I mean, I guess if you were lining up the I don't. Norris had a good season last year, so I don't want to kill him too much for this one outing, but that just didn't seem like a place for him to succeed. Buck Farmer, I'm a little bit wary of these days. He, he was bad last year, basically, and he was really good two years ago, but his velocity left last year, and he just doesn't seem to have it right now. And I don't know how long they're going to go. And Tyler Alexander is not I, – I, I mean, that was a fine place to put him. He's not a guy that I would want protecting a, a close lead. He's a guy I want, you know, eating some innings or getting out there and get some work. But, yeah, I was just kind of surprised. You know, the Tigers had a 3-1 lead, and Daniel Norris got, got out of it up 3-2. Scoogle had left, it, left a couple men on base, and, and Norris did a good job getting out of it. But then he went back out there, and I think that's where uh, you, you could, you know, poke poke some holes and hench there. I mean, you would think that he would go with Cisnero and Soto and Garcia. That's traditionally what uh, you would think a manager would do, but he stuck with Norris, and that backfired, and and then Farmer and Alexander backfired too. So I think it's it's he's learning the roster, learning what guys can do, but it's it's a bummer when the sweep was sort of close, and then it was a
0: blowout. Yeah, and the whole thing is considering too the one thing about Cisnero has not been used since Thursday. I mean, yeah, it, you know, and that and that's something to worth mentioning too. And you you make a good point about. The, the the bullpen usage about Buck Farmer. The reason why I thought Buck Farmer this year, they talked about I saw this in the Detroit News and I, I wrote it in the minor league or excuse me in my write up about the bullpen. Farmer's velocity, I guess, was apparently up. So no, was it? He, yeah, it was right. up to ninety five again, and I guess he was hitting the gun pretty hard. But again, was it a hot gun or not? I don't know. So it was ninety-three, ninety four when I saw it today. I mean were ninety-three, but nothing seemed to be moving, nothing just and I, I don't I don't have stat cast up when I'm watching the game or else my battery would be dead and, and not to mention yeah. you can't really see cast at cast does not work well on your phone.
1: Yeah, it's not as well. Yeah, you have to do it like landscape style and it's not great because in your
0: yeah, you're doing this the time with like the phone like literally with two inches from your eyes, and I don't want to burn all my eyes already. But yeah, I mean, like for example, in a situation like that, you would think that maybe Michael Former who did a really good job on Saturday. And we you talk about his performance real quick from Saturday's performance, I mean, former was getting up to 95, touching 95, everything with some stick moving on it. Only only using one inning. And then you thought he was going to go back out. And instead they bring out Tyler Alexander on Saturday and he got two runs on, you know, he allowed one hit on two runs. And so you're thinking to yourself, okay, well maybe why go back to him on Sunday again? But again, I'm not gonna. It's too way too early in the season to go. Oh, you know, Monday morning quarterback kind of crap. I'm not gonna do it. It's just it was you yeah. know was some things worth noting. You know that's all. And then maybe again, Hinch is the manager. He's gonna make his decisions. He's just trying to see what he had. But what was encouraging, Chris? Brian Garcia, 95. And again, it's yeah. that. And there was we. I, I wrote about this before. The second year back from a side. This is his second full year back from Cy Young or Cy Young from Tommy
1: um, I mean, John. Yeah. Rock. I think he had it in 2019. Yeah. Well, no. Was it? We saw it was late 2018. When we interviewed him, I think it was 2019. Right. Um, But yeah. So I mean, the velocity was there for him the other day, which is nice. And he was the command was pretty good. I think he gave him a hit. He may have given up a hit, but he otherwise was uh, got got four guys out to earn the save. I believe.
0: Yep, that's correct.
1: Yeah. And he got a strikeout. I mean, that the strikeout is. The main thing I'm looking for him is more strikeouts and fewer walks because he had like eleven walks and ten strikeouts last year. Something dumb. Zero walks on Saturday. Yeah, so that that's what I want to see from him uh, because he doesn't have he doesn't have Gregory Soto stuff. I'll say that you know, his slider will flash above average. His changeup will show, and, and the velocity is is you know slightly above average, uh, maybe below average for a reliever, but uh, or average for a lever. But he has pretty good. Command, despite a guy who has, has had a bunch of walks last year. So I mean that's the way he's gonna get out. And that was nice to see. And and he might just be one of those guys who can go out there and do it late in games. You know, he did it in college and maybe he's got the meaner more, you know, better than Soto or Cisnero. But we also, it's just another strange sports year. We don't know what's going on. We don't know if Cisnero is injured in some way or dinged up or has a cold and they're testing him. Like you just don't know. And they won't tell us that until something happens. We've already seen, you know, the Nationals had an outbreak of COVID in their, in their locker room and it's decimated their opening series. Not even decimated. I think decimated means got rid of 10%. It just it scuttled. There's no opening game series. So yeah, it's just going to be weird like that. But I don't know. Like like you said, there's, there's, there'll be times to second guess AJ Hinch when action matters. This doesn't really matter that much. It would have been nice to, to get the sweep, but getting the series when you get, you get what 40 series wins and you're making the playoffs. So you're good.
0: Yeah, I mean, does it really matter that Baltimore three, you know?
1: No, I mean, they did a good job uh, uh, against the Red Sox. I'll, I'll say that uh, they bombed on them today. Uh, I'm sure at Baltimore, people are excited about it, but yeah, I mean, will they still lose 105 games? Yes. I and mean, will the Tigers lose 90 plus games? Yes, I think so. So, you know, getting up in arms about one game in the first series of the season doesn't matter that much.
0: No, it doesn't. And I mean, we we'll, we'll, let's preview the series real quick before we get the rest of the weekend action. Uh, tomorrow is Jose Urina taking on Matt Shoemaker for the Twins. By the way, I did not know Matt Shoemaker was pitching for the Twins.
1: Yeah, they signed him uh, this off season. I think it was relatively late. Remember, he was a guy that I w- we were talking in the off right. season about, like, hey, who's who's. You know, you get 25 million. Who you gonna go get? I said, all right. Well, he's a guy who can maybe give you some cheap innings. I was looking. Uh, he he's pitched local. last year. Yeah, he's from Trenton or Flat Rock or something like that. Uh, he went to. Well, yeah, why not? He was born. In, yeah, Wyandotte. He went to Eastern. I know that, but um, why not? Go ahead. I'm sorry. I think yeah. the last time the Tigers saw him, he was awesome with the Blue Jays against them. Like, it was just shutting them down. It was like the early 2019 season. Then he got hurt, and he was back with the Blue Jays last year and just gave up a ton of home runs. And apparently that continued the spring. I think he gave up four homers and in 12 innings. So that might be something to look for. Maybe, maybe that'll help the Tigers offense break out. Maybe they can put a few over the wall. And with the Urania, I was looking, he's basically never faced any of these dudes. He's uh, Josh Donaldson is three for five against them with a double. So look for that, I guess. And, Anderson old, Simmons. Old
0: one Donaldson's, for five. On, Donaldson's on the IL now. Oh, what did that happen? Uh, over the weekend. Oh, actually only them all double. I'll, triple check that, but I'm pretty sure I saw no. that break it out because I think somebody mentioned it in uh, one of the fancy chats. Okay, that so would I'll... make
1: sense because I saw Luis Arias uh, started and and went like three for three with two walks, I thought. But, uh, you know, Donaldson's no stranger to injuries, so so he would be the one. Yeah, he wasn't in there today. Arias took it. So, uh, and I saw that they took out Buxton today, too, although well, they said that was with a non-COVID illness. He um, has a hamstring
0: injury. That's what's going on with him.
1: With with Donaldson? That's correct. Yep. Yeah, okay. Uh, so yeah, and I mean that's Urania has also faced Angelton Simmons five times and it's given up one hit. And that's basically it. There's like Al Garlic has seen him. But so I mean that might be kind of interesting to watch for, for him pitching against these guys. He's you know, who've never really seen him. They might uh, get him through the first three innings without any damage. We'll see. You never know with Urania, he's gonna be a wild card,
0: I think. Um Yeah, and it surprised me, Chris, is the Tigers only have 20, almost like close to 30 at-bats against Shoemaker, and the only thing worth writing home about is Miguel Cabrera, nine at-bats against him, has hit two twenty two. Interesting.
1: Yeah, I mean, he doesn't – he's not a guy who I think is going to blow you away with his stuff, but he mixes and he knows how to pitch. So, I mean, I'm just saying uh, he was homer-prone last year, so this spring too, maybe – they can catch him before he gets back in gear down the line, or maybe, you know, maybe he's just not that good anymore. But uh, so, yeah, I would look for the Tigers to have a decent shot in game, game one of the series. And then uh, game two, it's uh, Mize versus J.A. Happ, I believe, right?
0: That's correct. And the Tigers have some history with J.A. Uh, Happ, who, by the way, Jamin Camillerio has had two home runs against him, and everybody else seemed to be that's some there's some more history with it against mm-hmm. Casey Mize against uh, Jorge Polanco's got a lot, a lot of home runs. So, yeah.
1: Well, I so uh, Mize saw the Twins three times last year, which I think was more than any other team, and they ate him. They ate his lunch like all three times. There was one game where he hit like three of them. He just wasn't feeling right. But yeah, I think overall, just under twelve innings, twelve hits, eleven earned runs, six walks, eleven strikeouts. It was. Nothing if not eventful for him. I think, you know, it's still a good lineup even without Donaldson. You you got you got uh, Sano, who who's kind of you know, he's pitchable, but he will murder mistakes. Buxton looks so far this year. It looks like the guy he was at the very end of last year, which is kind of frightening. You know, the fastest player in baseball who's also hitting 450 foot home runs. Um, you got uh, Jorge Polanco solid, Max Kepler solid. The Arias guy, I, we mentioned, he's hes kind of, he is what Ron Gardner thought Carol Castro was, I would say. Just this weird guy who just makes tons of contact and knows how to hit the ball for hits, but doesn't have much power or anything else. But, yeah, Mitch Garber can go deep on you. Ryan Jeffers looks like a good catcher. So it's a its a strong lineup. I, well, not above average lineup. I wouldn't say it's a, a killer lineup, but it's going to be tough for Mize, and I think, I think he'll do better. I think he did last year, but I think he'll still have some bumps. But I do think the Tigers can get to half because uh, this is their first lefty they face this year, I think, right?
0: Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, that's their first lefty they'll be facing. So
1: I, I expect uh, Hinch to just, it's going to be in a lineup of all righties. I mean, you know, half of them are switch hitters, but, you know, Grossman will be righty, Canelario. I don't know if Castro will bat third right handed, but maybe it'll be Miggy. And then Nico Goodrum will probably be in there hitting right handed, which he does better than left handed these days. So, uh, and Victor Reyes will be in there, and yeah, I mean, they'll have but Griner probably catches that one, so that they, I don't know they got a cup decent chance in these first two games, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, Wednesday, though, it's a different story. Is they take on Kenny Maeda, who last yeah. year struck out 20 25 Tigers in 18 innings pitched, and I mean, he, he struggled a little bit against Milwaukee, but he still struck out five and only allowed one run. run yeah, I mean, the they. they
1: they drew up his pitch count
0: basically, but he's still yeah. yeah he's
1: no, he's he's like an artist. He's got some of the best command in baseball, and he's gonna he's not gonna give you pitches over the heart of the plate. He's gonna have them drop out of the zone right before they get to they get there. And and the Tigers, it'll be a good test for the Tigers' young hitters to, you know, see if they cannot uh, strike out 15 times. We'll see.
0: Yeah, and that game, all three games this week are gonna be at one one o'clock games, and Thursday is their first day off of the year. Some breaking news, by the way. The Nationals' first game of the year will be on Tuesday against the Braves, who are 0 3, which again, this is just an early season thing. It's just as strange as seeing Oakland, who's off the 0 4 start.
1: Yeah, I mean, the, the Phillies pitching just absolutely shut down the Braves. I, I think they got, what did they get? Like eight hits total? Let's see, four today. Let me go through this live. Four hits today, one hit yesterday. And did they play? They didn't know they played on Thursday. So 4-1 and 7. All right. So 11 hits total. No, 12 hits total uh, in three games. Kind of reminiscent of the Reds in the playoffs last year where they couldn't score any runs.
0: Yeah. And speaking think- of when, when they had no problem scoring runs, was, when you talk about the Oakland series, Houston just lighting up Oakland on, you know, nine runs. Cause I mean, you know, here's the thing. So you go, you go to opening day eight, then Friday, nine or Thursday, excuse me. Uh, it was Thursday. Well, opening day was Thursday. Yeah. Thursday. So Thursday, Friday, nine, Saturday, nine. or Yeah. Fr- I'm sorry. Friday, nine, Saturday. So you go to Saturday, you're like, okay, well, how are chances then? Nine runs again. Then today it was. Uh, excuse me. It was nine yesterday. I'm gonna get this right because I know they an got nine today. Yeah, nine today. They got nine. Uh yep, nine mm-hmm. on Saturday and then nine on Friday. So I was right. So three straight days of nine. Opening day was eight, and yeah, right. it, it was in in Jose in Jose Altuve. Looks like the kind of the hitter of old. Just. You saw that crazy pop up that he scored in from. Did you see that? Oh god,
1: yeah, yeah. The the sack fly that was basically <sighs> on the infield. That was in, it's crazy. He's fast. He's a fast man. Yeah, and and we were talking in our chat. Uh, Michael Brantley. I don't think he played today. It doesn't. I don't see him in there. But he he already had like four or five doubles and a homer.
0: Begin the year like the first three games. It was crazy. Uh, that would have been nice, but you know we can't have nice things apparently. But another uh, the, the other story of the weekend, Chris. Let's talk about this whole Nick Castellanos and. Yanalir Molina being a bully and all this stuff. What, what exactly? Break this down. Exactly what happened?
1: Uh, well, yeah, from from what I can tell, it Castellanos got hit by a pitch. I, I don't know why. I don't know if he hit a home run earlier in the game and got hit by a pitch, and then came around and scored on a wild pitch. And and he, you know, he slid in and he got up and yelled at the pitcher. And Molina came charging in, and uh, basically. That's what started everything. I think was Molina coming. I, I mean, you could blame Castellanos for getting the pitcher's face, but Molina comes running in, so then everybody else comes running in, and Castellanos ended up being the only one who got ejected, I believe. But then he goes out again today and had the uh, homer and a triple. I think he's uh, he's uh, he's beginning pop, the year pop, twelve to one too. Yeah, he's he's beginning the year in one of his classic Castellanos, uh, you know, hot tears that'll could last uh, anywhere from two weeks to a month and then he'll disappear again for a couple of weeks. But it's kind of fun to see, uh, you know, that the the Reds and the Cardinals have a history. I remember back in the day when it was, was it Brandon Phillips? And Johnny Cueto and Edison Volquez and all those guys, there was a big roll. Oh, yeah, against I about that. that was good to... too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that was a weird one where, like, everybody was getting shoved almost into the As stands. there's a
0: drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be a home
1: run. yes. Yeah, I mean, poor Castellanos is going to – he's been memed uh, for the rest of his life. Maybe that'll get tiring soon, and then I'll come back in a couple of years. People are like, hey, remember this? But, uh, no, so it, it's nice to see – that's what you were talking about earlier. You know, like, nice to, nice to see some bad blood between teams. You could even count on that. Like, I, I can't remember the last time when there was that one game against the Yankees where the – you know, there were like eight hit hit by pitches. And who was it, Romine? Who was it that was fighting? Somebody Mickey tried to fight Romine or Gary Sanchez. Yeah,
0: it was. Yeah, Austin. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was it was Austin Romine. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and then it, yeah, there was just a ton of. That's the last big like nasty Tigers game I can remember. And it used to be when they were bad, you could at least count on them. Like, you know, you you'd get a uh, what was his name, Barnsworth, like body slam or you know oh, those, those, those bad teams in the early 2000s were like, at least they'd fight you and be mean. Um, not that I'm, you know, advocating for brawls every game or whatever, but sometimes <laughs> it's nice to have that, That you know, to see these guys
0: play like this game, I really want to beat that other team, you know. Or beat each other in the case of Jeff yeah. Weaver on a plane with Bobby Hickinson, yeah. allegedly. Yeah, that's uh, boy. Yeah. Like yeah, some Hazel okay. partners, yeah, some, yeah. Yeah, there's a yeah. Anyway. So, yeah, there was that, that was what's going on over the weekend. And then in terms of even in terms of what. Other baseball stories that stand out too. Trevor Bauer, I was watching the Trevor Bauer no hitter a bid, and then he allowed a, a, a just he had a curveball just spinning up there and Charlie Blackman just slammed it. And then David Price came in for the first time since 2019. He didn't pitch last year because of covid reasons. And went out there and properly served up a home run, and and Rockies made, the Rockies made it interesting. And yeah. it, it was go ahead, Chris. Oh, I was gonna
1: say I, I didn't remember if that that game had four home runs in an inning or if it was just three. But we there was a, a game with the Diamondbacks hit four home runs in an inning off the the Padres over the weekend. It was kind of wild.
0: It was four home so, runs yeah, in the, that inning.
1: That was it was two oh, off Bauer and two off uh, Price. That's crazy. Like at two two games with four home run in innings. That's I uh, that can't have happened that often. And we talked on the other show, but like some of the stuff that happened on opening day was kind of wild. But yeah, and we didn't even touch on, you know, fortunately the Tigers are missing Jose Barrios, who, oh,
0: yeah, talk threw about six this man,
1: hit innings and struck out 12 guys. And meanwhile, Corbin Burns threw, was, was also through six innings with no hits, right? And they really gave a homer to Buxton. But that, I mean, that was just a nasty pitching matchup with Corbin Burns throwing 97, 98 mile hour cutters that look like sliders. Barrios has got, that breaking ball that that moves like four feet—it's just uh, like I said. The Tigers are
0: fortunate to miss him, but you know, that, that that was a, a fun
1: pitching matchup for sure.
0: Every time I think of Corbin Burns, I think of Corbin Burnson, yes, yeah, the L.A. outlaw, yeah, L.A. outlaw actor and the former Roger yeah, in Major League. But yeah, it was every time you think of that, I'm like, wait, are you seeing? I know you're not, but it's just. Yeah, but he, it's funny because he actually was the only—I think he was the only cast member to play actual baseball. And He actually—I did not know this till recently. He went to UCLA. I don't know which either. Yeah, he went to UCLA. Went to UCLA. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So some crazy stuff. But yeah, it was what I liked about that game too was it was just it was one of those classic pitcher duels, and I love I love a good pitcher duel. Just give me again. I you know I like a good. Every once in a while, like a eleven, you know, you saw what's going on with Texas. Which, by the way, Texas pitching's awful. Ooh, yeah, the Rangers, man, yeah. oh, Rangers are terrible. But yeah, it was good. And Berrios, yeah, thank you. You bring up a good point, Chris. Not to see Berrios is a blessing because I think I think this is a year that he comes if they if they get him healthy, and he pitches a full season like that. I think it gives the advantage of the White Sox, where if the White Sox. With Tim Anderson the hamstring injury this evening, they had Barry with a—that's uh, a good one-two combo. That'll definitely put you over to the division. But did you watch, by the way? Did you watch any of the NCAA tournament this weekend? I did. I watched. Uh, I didn't watch the
1: Baylor Houston game, but I watched the last, I guess, twelve minutes of the second half and overtime of the UCLA Gonzaga game, which was
0: uh, one of the best games I can remember. You yeah, I be, I think it was one of those games where I, I watched the entire. I was at my buddy's house down in, uh, down in South Michigan, Eastland, not too far from Monroe. Down just in Monroe, and it was his 40th birthday party. I watched the entire second half, and yeah, this this right here is one of those like, this is what March Madness is all about. And I just I wanted to play this real quick.
1: Again with the ball in his hands, in the
0: paint floater, short, got it back. Time. With three. I know this is a baseball podcast, but a lot of people, Jim, Jim Nance is one of the best in the game. Like, he, I, I know a lot of people don't like Jim Nance, but that was such a good call, but just such a good shot, too. And Chauncey Billups bank shot that you and I both at the same time in our DMs, yeah. like same time. The,
1: the Shining, yeah.
0: Yeah, the Shining. Yeah, uh, one Shining moment.
1: Um, yeah, the no, I mean, South Park. That, that, that kid, Jalen Suggs, uh, he also had, like, one of, he had this incredible block earlier in the game, and then this, like, two seconds later, made this ridiculous Full court bounce pass. It was right on the money. Oh, yeah, Keen called that too. That was a good call. Yeah. That was yeah, And that's the same pass. dude who same dude who hit the shot. And he's he's a surefire top five NBA draft pick, maybe top three, top two. So I mean he, he could end up being the kid on the you know on the pistons next year if you're into that sort of thing. Right. yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's from me. He's from right. Minnesota, by the way. Yeah, it's uh I I don't know if the you know local teams were in on him at all. You know, Michigan, Michigan State. But yeah, it was a weird thing, man. Like Whenever I saw UCLA play, I'm like, they're not that good. Like, I, I don't know what it was. I mean, Juzang was just kind of had one of those those tournaments where he's just on another level, can't miss, seemed like, uh, just just making the plays when he needed to. But they were down to MSU by, what, a, a 10 points at halftime? Came back and beat MSU. Played one of the ugliest games of the year against Michigan. I mean, they scored 51 points in one against Michigan somehow. And Michigan scored 49 points.
0: And, I, and the, that game against Alabama too, they just they could not miss when they needed a yeah. clutch shot. Yeah, and they, yeah, they
1: survived. Alabama hit that that prayer, and they survived and won that. And, and to take Gonzaga, I thought Gonzaga was basically unstoppable, and they they came very close to beating Gonzaga, and it was like, man, you got to tip your hat to those kids. They'd never seemed like they were all that great, and then you know they, they were seconds away from
0: the championship. So, the title game. There was and what I liked about that game, too, is it was in the amount of the back and forth. They just let the there's no there's no fouls. It wasn't like the, the the whistle was not a factor in that game. And that right there, umpires listening, if you listen, just let the kids play. And that was sure. why that game. I mean, seriously, it was just such a the block to that one block where it was. Uh, right before the end of the game where i forgot it was um they led to the dunk by gonzaga yeah that was a great transition that was a clean block yeah. and it started up again and people were getting like i was glued in my eyes did not leave the screen whatsoever and you know, normally i'm playing my phone or doing something else but it was a fantastic game and a lot of people i remember people at the party i was at was, was like why could the, the baylor houston game been this way
1: yeah it's, yeah, it's hard to Hard to get classic games in any sport like that, you know? I mean, they happen every now and then, and that's what's that's why we watch. But uh, I don't know. If I were a Baylor fan, I'd be just fine with uh, blowing Houston out of the water. Like, I love watching, you know, Michigan basketball is my team. I, I'm just fine watching them beat a team by 25 and having the empty the bench with, like, six months left. That's good with me. I don't need uh, super excitement. But I understand from a viewing purpose, uh, yeah, from, from people, uninterested third parties. It's nice to have nail biters.
0: Yeah. And that was for anybody who was betting games last night there. That was so funny too. Cause the, the aftermath of all this, what I've learned about this week and the less here's, you know, this is probably a new segment for a short, for a shorter show. What did you learn this week? what did you learn this weekend? What'd you learn? What I learned, Chris are two things. One people loved betting on games as they happen, and we've 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 talked about this numerous times. The amount of betting apps, it continues to grow. But during the Tigers' bowl, all three games except for the snow game, sorry, Saturday and Sunday, the people behind me were talking. Like, I'm going to put a parlay on, and I'm going to bet right now. And they were betting as we're discussing. Same thing Saturday during the UCLA game. My brother asked me if he should put some money down for UCLA. When I said no, just stick with it. And you're and you you had a situation today with your friend. Yeah, that that was- one.
1: He bet. Uh, what did he bet? He bet for Cleveland to win, for the over to hit, which was like eight and a half runs, and for Bedu to hit a home run. That was his. Probably like he put ten down and won three hundred twenty-six dollars or something like that. Yeah. It's. Uh, I understand. Like I. I still. I'm. I'm not going to do it. But uh, I understand how doing stuff like that can make make things more fun for you. If you're only betting ten dollars and you you know pay out like that, that's awesome. But yeah, it's just kind of wild how this is. It's gambling everywhere now.
0: Yeah. And then the other lesson I learned this weekend is that the entire experience at Comerica Park has been pretty they they, they handle it pretty well. So just make sure you do your wellness check when you do the app and there's a there's an article about it universityminles dot com just it, it it was very well done, and you can watch a game and have fun. It felt like olden time to a certain extent. so um there's no cash, card, so if you're doing payments down there, but mm-hmm. uh, that was the other lesson. so I don't know if you had any lessons for the weekend, Chris. I
1: didn't learn much this weekend. I learned that I really need to wear gloves when I go in the woods. I mean, that happened to me last week, but the poison ivy is still, I'm still itching. I've i have gone through a full course of steroids. Uh, and I still have bumps all over my arms. And the, one, the stuff on my face went away at least. But my hands and my arms and my legs are still covered and it
0: sucks. The stuff, the calamine lotion makes me sick to my stomach. The, the smell of that stuff, because when I had, I was in seventh grade when I had chicken pox really bad. And my mom covered yep. me so bad, like c- covered so much to the point where my hair was like sticking out. And I had, I had chicken pox everywhere and there's scars because it was, it was, so, it, but that lotion stuff, it just, oh, I can't smell. I, I just get sick to my stomach, but yeah. But uh, yeah, check out the, check all our great content over MotorCBangles.com. Jake is dropping a preview on the Toledo Mudhens roster. That's going to be coming out. And the Tigers again, Monday through Wednesday, all day games. Check them out. Is uh, They take on the Twins. And for more great content, go to MotorSteadBangles.com. Like I said, Patreon.com forward slash Tigers SRD. Get our great con- We're going to be, like I said, we're going to be posting a video there. So go to Patreon.com forward slash Tigers SRD. we got some exclusive content. James Chipman and Jake are working on trying to get some minor league content together as we're going to continue to preview. Oh, forgot to mention tiger minor league report podcast that just dropped over the weekend and if you go to subscribe to it on itunes spotify just look for tigers minor league report so until next time get off our show